Welcome to KJV Cafe. Thanks for taking time out of your day to listen. Each episode of the cafe is dedicated to studying the Bible verse by verse from Genesis through Revelation. Your host here at the cafe is Bible teacher Clark Covington. Looks like the coffee is hot and ready, so let's get started. Amen. Glory to God. Welcome to the program. Welcome to the cafe. Pastor Clark Covington here with the third part of three part series in Genesis. Hopefully you're doing good. We're at the latter part of Genesis one. Amen. And uh, we are just wrapping up the sixth day of creation. We've looked at a lot in Genesis one. I won't recap it all, but I feel like we've learned a lot going through these 20 some episodes and uh, 20 some verses. <laughs> so even though maybe it doesn't feel like we're keeping pace with an episode of verse, we, we pretty much are. Uh, and we'll move much faster in some parts, I'm sure. But we're looking here at God's creation, specifically cattle. And God created cattle. And we've been looking at cattle uh, in the Old Testament. And first episode of this series here, we looked at cattle in the light of the sacrificial system. Second episode, we looked at cattle specifically mentioned, oftentimes in the Old Testament. And now we're going to go and look at some New Testament verses on cattle. Who's excited? I know you are. Uh, No, it's really good. I mean, it's good to know these things. It's good to just take a step back and think about them, that God created cattle. And then we say, well, where is it in his word? What we're doing is we're taking scripture. We're comparing it to other scripture. And I believe that's the best way to study the Bible, to give us context, to help us understand a creator God, both in what the scripture means uh, within the context of, you know, like, for example, if it mentions cattle and, um, you know, uh, they're worshiping it, right? Well, that's not good, right? But then it's mentioned cattle uh, sacrifice for God, and, and that is good. We see, so the context of the scripture itself, but also the context more broadly in the Bible, how God uh, brings about cattle throughout the Bible and what we can learn from it. Uh, So we're starting here with John 4, verse 12. Art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well and drank thereof himself, his children, and his cattle? Amen. And so we see here that uh, Jacob is mentioned and his cattle. And we believe that uh, Jacob is the father of the 12 tribes of Israel. We know that through the Bible, right? So uh, he is named Jacob and he goes through this transformational experience and, you know, uh, he ends up becoming Israel. And, and then his 12 children are the 12 tribes of Israel. And so we see mentioned here uh, the well. And it's a fascinating to look a lot of these wells up that are mentioned in the Bible, because oftentimes you can just search it up on Google and there's pictures of these, either the actual well that's mentioned or a well uh, that's, that's similar to, to that well. Uh, and or the, or one that they think could be the well. So it's always cool to research that. And that verse there from John uh, chapter 4 is actually when he encounters the Samaritan woman asking for water, and he offers her that living water. So that's where that came from there. Uh, then we've got Luke 17, 7. But which of you, having a servant plowing or feeding cattle, will say unto him, by and by, when he has come from the field, go and sit down to meet? And I just preached on this not too long ago uh, from Luke 17, and uh, that is an interesting passage. I'm going to give you the longer bit of that passage, and we're going to talk a little bit about it when we come back from this break. 
You're listening to KJV Cafe. We encourage you to look us up on your favorite podcast app and subscribe to our channel on YouTube. Now let's get back to some more in-depth Bible study. All right, here we go. We've got um, Luke 17, 1 through 10. Then said he unto the disciples, it is impossible, but that offenses will come, but woe unto him through whom they come. It were better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck and he cast into the sea than he should offend one of these little ones. Take heed to yourselves. If thy brother trespass against thee, rebuke him. And if he repent, forgive him. And if he trespass against thee seven times in a day, and seven times in a day turn again to thee, saying, I repent, thou shalt forgive him. And the apostle said unto the Lord, Increase our faith. And the Lord said, If ye had faith as a grain of a mustard seed, ye might say unto this uh, sycamine tree, Be thou plucked up by the root, and be thou planted in the sea, and it should obey you. But which of you, having a servant, plowing or feeding cattle, will say unto him by and by, when he is come from the field, Go and sit down to meat? And will not rather say unto him, Make ready wherewith I may sup, and gird thyself and serve me, till I have eaten and drunken, and afterward thou shalt eat and drink? Doth he thank that servant because he did the things that were commanded him? I trow not. So likewise, ye, when ye shall have done all those things which are commanded of you, say, we are unprofitable servants. We have done that which was our duty to do. So we see here this principle that the Lord has, has a pretty high expectation for those that are following him. Amen. That He he's teaching us that we are to be obedient to him. And that is our reasonable service because he saved us. He died on the cross for us. He paid that sin debt. Jesus surely knew what was going to occur. So as the scripture is taking place, as Dr. Luke is recording it, it is not yet come to fruition that he is now uh, died on the cross, buried three days, risen again, walking the earth 40 days and 40 nights, ascending up to the heaven at the right hand of the Father. That that hadn't happened quite yet, but it was going to happen. Christ knew it was going to happen. And he's saying, I've got this expectation for you, right? That, hey, when the cattle are plowing the field, right? And the servant is out there with them. That's the servant's job to do that. And when they come in, even if they're tired, they're, you're not going to tell them, hey, go sit down and eat. There's, their job is to make your dinner ready and to gird themselves. And after you're done, then they are to go ahead and have theirs. That's the order of things. So we can't expect anything different from ourselves as being bond servants, bond slaves to Christ. This is the idea of being bought with a price. Amen. We are uh, living for God out of a, a obedience and reverence to him so that we shouldn't expect our works to either save us or curry favor with God. Uh, we are our slaves. Our master expects us to work for him. Now he is a good master and he knows what we need intimately. And so this idea, again, right preceding the example of the cattle deals with the faith. You know, verse six, of verse five, the apostle said, Lord, increase our faith. That's like, man, help me out here. I can't imagine this. You're calling me to uh, forgive this person, you know, even though they keep messing up and, you know, I don't want to. They said, increase our faith. And the Lord said, if you had faith as a grain of a mustard seed, look what you could do. You could move a tree. You could pluck it up by the root. You could plant it in the sea. It'll do what you want. Another scripture says you could be moving mountains, right? That faith. Well, that's what this deals with is faith, because if we believe that 
God is who he says he is, right? And as Hebrews eleven six tells us, he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Then we know that it's going to please God for us to have faith, amen, and to do his blessed will. I'll just read Hebrews eleven six, one of my favorite verses in the entire Bible. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So we see here what doesn't please God, unbelief. What pleases God, belief. If we simply believe, we can please God. And I mean that. If we simply believe, we can please God. That's, that's Bible right there. And when we believe, we believe not only that God is real and that he really did die for us and that he really did pay that awful price on Calvary and he really is risen again. We believe on all of that, but we also believe that he's going to take care of us, that he's going to meet our need, that he's going to do all the things in the Bible he promises to do. This friend is a delayed gratification. There is a godly order to life. We serve him now out of obedience. And when are we rewarded? The Bible tells us to store up treasures in heaven, right? So we're not rewarded here on earth. Now, we may be blessed, I believe that, but we're not rewarded here on earth. We're rewarded in heaven. And so as we serve God and keep our eyes on God, and as we live for him, that we have a gratification that's coming that the world can never understand. And in the meantime, what we have is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. We have the Comforter, capital C Comforter, the Holy Spirit living within us, and he can comfort us day and night. And I tell you what, as I've been called to the ministry and I pray to God, hey, Lord, let your will be done, I can tell you some days it's a blessing and it's a, you know, easy peasy, but many, many days it can be challenging and I need the comforter and the comforter shows up every single day to help give me peace, to help bring me back down to earth, so to speak. And so while God calls us to do what he wants us to do, we are blessed to have reward in heaven and to have peace here on earth. It is God's grace. He loves to bestow blessings on his own, but we must understand that we're not entitled to any special treatment because we're believers or some easy path. We, we have to suffer as he suffered. The Bible talks about if we suffer as Christ suffered here on earth, we'll reign, rule and reign with him here and uh, there in heaven. Amen. And so you have some that want to bring heaven to earth, but that's not coming until the millennial kingdom and then thereafter. But until that point, we're living in a fallen world and it's only going to get worse. It's not going to get better. Now, we as the church, those that believe on Christ, will be raptured out at some point, I believe, very soon. And then the tribulation period will occur. And then you'll have the millennial kingdom where Christ really will rule and reign. Then you'll have the devil's rebellion and he'll be finally cast out. And then you'll have eternity. You'll have heaven. You'll have an all bliss. But until that time, we, we are in a situation where God calls us to work, that God calls us to be faithful to him. And so when we think of cattle, we think of that gospel plow, we think about God's call in our lives to not just sit there and kind of soak it in and ponder it. And I say that carefully because it's better to sit in church than not. So, you know, if you're debating whether to go to church, please do. If you're debating whether to study God, please do, right? But once we're, once we're studying him, once we're spending time on this word, now it's time to go ahead and, and seek his will, right? And as we seek his will, we can be reminded that, that, look, you know, whether it's the gospel plow, whether it's um, the idea that no man looking behind is fit for the plow. I preached on that recently. The idea that, you know what, this is a tough uh, concept, 
But there'll be times that God's calling us to do something that may not jive with the world or with our family or with friends. And God's saying, you need to focus on what I've called you to focus. And by the way, when you do that, that's not extra special. That's expected, right? We are to live a life dedicated to God, consecrated to God, living for God, because that's our reasonable service. And think about this. Is that what you see in the world today? I don't. For the large large part, you don't see people that are dedicated living to God, amen, that are not going to look behind them once they're pushing that gospel plow, that are not going to be living for the world. You see quite the opposite, amen. You see quite the opposite. And finally, I want to touch on this. As, as we've talked about animals, you know, we, we, we've talked about it in light of God's creation. And maybe just to kind of wrap up the cattle aspect here uh, before we move on to, uh, it looks like Genesis chapter 1, uh, verse would be tw- 30, I think. I think it'd be verse 30. Um, you know, think about this. You know, God's creation is precious to him. And so if for nothing else, as we've gone through Genesis and we've seen all that God has created, keep that in mind. You know, maybe God's calling you to be involved in God's creation. Maybe you're a young person, you're going to be a, a veterinarian one day. Maybe you've thought about farming. Maybe you've thought about uh, working with livestock. You know, maybe you thought about doing a rescue for animals or whatever it may be. Let's not discount that God had created uh, these animals in the and it's well documented in Genesis one, and that we should have uh, a good respect for His creation, and a good um, a, a respect for living how God wants us to live. And whatever that means to you, I think is it's it's important to just at least think about that. You know, think about that. Whether it's I don't know, like eating less meat because you don't want them all to be slaughtered, or whether it's you know organic food because you don't want all the pesticides on there. Whatever it is. You know, whether it's not food at all, but just, you know, you're thinking about getting a pet or something, you want to rescue, a, a adoption, whatever it is. If God created these animals, then he cares about them. That's the point. And so we should too. And I think that's a good way to kind of wrap up this look at the, all these critters in, in the book of Genesis. Of course, there's plenty we didn't get to, but there's a lot that uh, we have looked at here and we see the significance of them. And so we will move on to the, we'll wrap up, I believe, Genesis 1, chapter 1 in the next episode. So thank you so much for listening. Take care. God bless and amen. Thanks for spending time with us today at the cafe. We would love to hear from you. You can email Brother Clark directly at clark at enduringpromise.org. See you again tomorrow, same time, same place.